Welcome to Asian Book Club, where we highlight Asian and Asian American authors. We are your hosts, Jamei and Sabangin, and Stephen Park. And how was your week, Jamei? My week was pretty good. I, like I mentioned in the last episode, and you'll hear me mentioning this a lot, referencing previous episodes, but last episode I mentioned that I am starting a career shift and it's starting to feel more real. The program I'm going through feels very similar to all the things that I've done in the past, so it feels good in that way, but a lot of time is still left in the program. So yes, it feels like school. I haven't been in school in a long time. So it's learning how to be a student again, and it's it's both a joy and a little bit of fear, fear-inducing, but I'll mm-hmm. get through it. So what's the new thing that you're doing? The new thing I'm doing, not a lot of people have heard about it before, and it is like this, this very, I guess you can say, not necessarily hidden, it's not a secret, but not many people hear about it. It's called instructional design. The way that I explain it to people, it's learning for adults. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's one of those jobs that I've talked to my friends about, that we don't grow up knowing mm-hmm. like as immigrant Asians coming into this country I feel like all the talk is always like be a doctor lawyer what's the other one be a teacher teacher I feel like there's one more that anyway something that makes money and is a consistent job definitely but I feel like you found it on your own mm-hmm. but then once you found it we kind of talked about how someone I knew had also done it at one point right and she kind of helped guide some of the questions of just what this profession was because honestly it's not super reassuring with the route that it takes to get to this point right because with teachers lawyers doctors nurses those are front-facing service jobs we see them all the time these careers help people and it helps immigrant families as opposed to instructional designers, they usually help businesses. And so that's what probably makes it so elusive. Like if you're not in the business world, if you're not in corporations, it's harder to find or even know about those positions. Mm-hmm. But I also, I also feel like being in Portland, I've met a lot of people that have jobs that I've never heard of before. Oh, and absolutely. they make way more money than any healthcare profession, which mm-hmm. is wild. And they're able to do more work from home things. Yeah. Whereas like, especially in healthcare, which is the thing that I know, it's just you have to go in. There's no other option, and especially like within the pandemic, it kind of it was a lot to handle. Whereas it'd be nice to kind of it's nice that we're starting to explore these things of jobs and opportunities that weren't always something that were in the forefront of our existence. Absolutely. And like the unfortunate thing is that we live under capitalism, which makes jobs like teachers, nurses, doctors become round the clock jobs because there aren't a lot of support or resources for those particular jobs. But that's for a different podcast. That's Mm -hmm. not us. Mm -hmm. So how are you doing this week, Stephen? I'm good, but shaken. Because mm. we just watched the craziest drama. Uh, it was called... Uh, From Scratch. From Scratch. And then who was the main actress? The main actress is Zoe Saldana. Yes, Zoe Saldana, who does an absolutely amazing job oh in gosh, this. Oh my gosh, the emotions. Mm-hmm. So it's based off of a book. 
probably a book that we're never going to do in this because it's not it's by a black author yeah. who but there's a lot of culture in here which I think is really fun um, trying not to spoil too much it's about a black female who goes to Italy Florence I think and then kind of is exploring that space because she wants to get into art mm-hmm. and then she ends up meeting someone there but the things that I really liked about it is the person that she met was Sicilian and mm-hmm. still like Italian, but apparently there's a big racial, di- not racial, um, cultural divide, cultural divide between Sicily and the other parts of Italy where they're looked down upon. And it's just like it's, it goes into showing, yeah, it's not racism, but the discrimination is ever so present. It's definitely classism mm-hmm. in that. Sicilians. So we're not talking from experience. We're just talking from what we've noticed in the show itself, mm-hmm. and How also they portrayed it. right, and also hearing from other folks. So mm-hmm. this is not us knowing. This is us just reinterpreting and mm-hmm. sharing what we've known. So seeing that with. Italians thinking that they're more... Northern Italians, primarily. Northern Italians, primarily, thinking that they have more status, more, uh, more like, power over Sicilians, and thinking that they are more Italian than Sicilians are. Mm-hmm. I, I think this... So for people that don't know what the story's about, which is how I went into it, mm-hmm. um, did you know anything? I knew a little bit. Okay. So I... I'm again not spoiling. I knew that sickness was involved. I knew that there were there was going to be a lot of tragedy. Mm-hmm. I had no idea where this thing was going to go. Uh, I think the first two episodes was a lot of character and background building, right. which I almost was. I, it almost sat me out of the rest of the show. Mm. But then, yeah, Zoe Saldana does a great job of. I think Saldana. I think I saw Enya over her name. Oh. I don't know. I'll have to look again. Anyway, she does a great job of really exploring the emotions. Whoever directed this did, like, a great job of putting that into film. Right. And then the whole whole series just kind of felt like a giant timeline, and Mm -hmm. it had different chapters within that timeline. Exactly. uh, Which will probably end up, like, I I know I'm interested in kind of going into the book just on my own time, and I'm don't know if you are oh absolutely i will definitely read this on my own time even though we're not gonna discuss it on the podcast i'm pretty sure we're gonna discuss it among ourselves yeah and then uh you are gonna still hear bells our cats are ever so present which is what i found out when i was editing the first two episodes but that's my recommendation i think it's a great series to kind of look into i think jamae would also recommend it oh yeah absolutely it's a nice balance between highly emotional and sad as well as being light and heartfelt Mm. the light was uh it's very dark it's not dark it's very deep it gets very very yeah it does have a lot of depth so don't go into watching this thinking it's going to be lighthearted. it is not Mm lighthearted. by light i mean that there are there are moments where you can breathe like Mm -hmm. it's not all crying Mm mm-hmm Grab a tissue, grab the tissues, grab... Like a whole tissue box. Yeah, towels, whatever you may need to kind of <laughs> deal with the stress and the sadness. To soak up your tears. Yes. Maybe just to hold on to <laughs> yes. and hug towards yourself. Yes. Um, which leads us into our recommendation. What is our recommendation for the week? So the recommendation for the week is a little bit more broad, 
but it's your local library. So being in the PNW, we tend to use our library system quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use the Libby app, which is an app that helps you uh, get into audiobooks from the library. Um, but more better for the actual libraries are going there physically, getting those books. Absolutely. And more than checking out the resources because your library has a lot of resources there's internet there's activities there are events of course there are books but there's also magazines newspapers besides those resources the one thing that we want you to do is get a library card if you don't have Mm -hmm. one yet and for your loved ones who don't have one encourage them or just bring them to the library be like we're going to take a really quick trip it's usually very quick for us in Chinook Territory, also commonly known as Portland, Oregon, all you have to do is fill out a form, give it to a librarian, and then they'll have your card ready. So it's very easy for the most part. Get your library card, get your library card, get your library card. Yeah, and that's our recommendation for the week. All right, and then we'll get into the book. So first part of the book, pretty much the first half. Uh, we kind of split it into two because it's a pretty quick read, to be honest. Absolutely. Let, but before we start talking about the book, let's backtrack a little bit. What book are we reading now? So the book is called I Was There, American Dream by Monica Garib. Malika. Malika, sorry. Malika Garib. I think I heard, I forget where she yes. said it. I wanted to mention that I love books that the characters themselves share the pronunciation of names that we know are might be difficult just by first look mm-hmm. or might be difficult because of cultural divide. Mm-hmm. So yes, if, and this is not a spoiler, Mm-mm. but if you were stuck on how to pronounce Malika's name. She does say it in her book saying that it's not difficult. It's Monica with an L. So Mm -hmm. Malika. What page was that on? Oh, that page for those of us who are following along is on page 41. Yeah. So she just straight up goes, it's Monica with With an an L. L. I was like, okay, that makes sense. And of course I still mess it up. But what did you think of the book so far? What I think about the book is that Again, like I mentioned before, it is so similar to my particular experience as a child of immigrant parents and as a third culture kid. This graphic memoir, especially because Malika identifies also as uh, as Filipino, a lot of it brought back memories of my own experience. So I thought that it was very relatable. Even though I don't identify as Egyptian, I definitely identify with her Filipino, Filipinex side. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the book so far? So if you haven't read it yet, you may run into spoilers for the first half. We won't go into the second half because we haven't read it yet. But if you haven't read it, I would say stop now so you could kind of get your own experience on things and then come back. But Or if you don't mind spoilers and want mm. to hear portions so that it will encourage you to read it, you can definitely keep listening. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want spoilers, go back, mm-hmm. read it yourself. Yeah. So my thoughts on the book if I were to be honest, is that it is very fast. It moves mm. through a very quick pace. But I do think going into the actual details of the book, definitely more of her Filipino side um, shows because that is what that is where she lives. Is she lives with that's her mother? That's where she lived. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's where she lived. Is 
she grew up with her mom and dad, but then she talks about the separation in the book where she then went on to live with her mother. So I think her stories are much more shared. I, I actually think she does a great job of like splitting the details. Like oh, every, yeah. every time in the story she goes, this is who I am. She doesn't mention one culture versus the other. And then when she does do that thing of saying hi or was it? How are you? How like are she you? says, like kumusta, sayak, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and then so she kind of like does a really good, great job of like this is who I am as both cultures. Mm-hmm. I'm not one or uh, the other. Yes, exactly. But then, how like what did you think of her voice and style throughout this whole thing? I really appreciated that at the beginning she starts herself off as being young Malika, like very elementary. I think I'm not too sure the age range, and then transitions into high school. So I feel like her style focused on that age, but didn't make it sound too married to that age. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So her voice is very personal. It was very much a vulnerability. Like there is a portion where Malika shows or like photocopies, like actually photocopies a zine that she made Mm -hmm. based on her high school diary, which I feel was like very vulnerable. I get scared thinking of anybody reading my diary and the fact that Malika was so courageous enough to show that to all the readers who will ever pick up this book. I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because she's definitely a 90s kid. Like, she must have been born around, like, 86. 90s, yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. So she's definitely a 90s kid. So, like, if you grew up with zines and Mm -hmm. all those like secondhand things that weren't technology right i guess now secondhand things Um, i think you'll find a lot of the stories in here very relatable and Mm. her like upbringing very much in line with that and then so like do you think this like how do you think this compares to other memoirs you've read so i think that's very interesting how you mentioned how the story itself like the first four chapters went by really quickly I felt like I had a very different experience. At the beginning in the first chapter, I kind of felt like it was a little bit slower paced. It wasn't slow, Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of building of like talking about her family and talking about her mom's side, her mom's story of coming to the United States versus her dad's side coming to the United States. Mm -hmm. And that one, that the pacing felt slower to me because there was so much focus on those those stories that that happened before her Mm -hmm. um but when it came to her story then it picked up pace and i felt like it picked up pace because there was a lot of back and forth a lot of showing comparisons and like for example when there's a table on page 39 showing the social Mm -hmm. customs between filipino egyptian and american and how there are similarities and how there are differences and that the graphics those tables made it digestible so because it was so digestible i felt that's where the speed came in Mm -hmm. i definitely felt like she did a great job of diving into her life Mm -hmm. like i said i for me it started off a little bit more slowly but i think it was all because she was trying to show who she was Mm. and i think that part of it just really started shining when she put in tables and just like this these are the customs that i follow but you can see the variances and differences between Mm -hmm. like her egyptian her filipino and Mm -hmm. her uh, american side kind of all coming together definitely 
What did you think? So there's a particular part in her story, particularly in high school with Cerritos and how Mm -hmm. there's a map that Mm -hmm. she draws out regarding the social, the Mm -hmm. social goings on in Cerritos High School. Page 79. 79? Okay. Yes. I'm reading off a Kindle, so it makes it a little bit... That's fair. That's fair. A little bit different. But um, so background is, I think I told you, or I think I said in the last episode that I lived in Cerritos. Same same uh, city that she lived in, which is what she then talks about. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, she also went to Cerritos High School. I graduated in 06 from Cerritos High School. Mm-hmm. My brother graduated in 02 from Cerritos High School. Mm-hmm. I think she graduated in 04 from mm-hmm. the information I kind of gathered, mm-hmm. which is just nuts. So reading this actual book was a little crazy because it kind of like gave me these flashbacks mm-hmm. of different time periods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I do want to go into that one, the map that they had, had laid out. Yeah. Um, but before that, on I, for me, it was page 37, but there's this... Um, image of her at a locker room and she's kind of looking into the courtyard and then people are sitting, they're chatting. You could see like this umbrella, which is a, uh, it's a a lunch table there. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a little um, brick, uh, what is it called? Like a planner, I guess. It's where the lawn is. So, I think I know exactly where that is, except mm-hmm. for the lawn on the bottom right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. And it's, I remember this so specifically one day. No, it, it is that lawn. That lawn's there. I remember this so specifically because it was like one of my most embarrassing moments in high school. Oh, no. It was a rainy day. It had just rained, which doesn't happen in California. So completely new territory. And I remember, I think I was trying to like look really cool or something. And I was trying, I had to run from a class that was on this side where she's standing mm-hmm. all the way across campus to mm-hmm. I think get to like the weight training room or something. And so I had a backpack full of books because typical... Because typical high school, typical, typical high school, middle school, They give yes. you physics books, chem books, everything that could possibly weigh your backpack down. It's hanging low off my back. Ugh. And so I would thought I'd be really cool. And this planner doesn't do it justice, but think about that brick wall kind of extending out further without land on the other side. So it's just a divider. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd be really cool and try to jump that wall. <laughs> but the thing is, I heavy set kid, not moving extremely well. I play sports, but like the backpack threw me off a little bit. So I jump. Extra weight. Extra weight. Mid air, I think, oh, I'm not gonna make this. I'm gonna put my foot on the planter. Ah. So, or the little brick uh-huh. so that I could then propel over. Uh-huh. But the problem is it had just rained. So everything oh, was really no. slippery. So I go, I put my foot down, it slips, I fall forward, zippers on backpack open, oh my God. books land on top of the head. And I like, I remember like trying to shuffle because this was right in between breaks. So mm-hmm. everybody's coming out of the class together. Right. And then everyone's compiling into the, that, that little, little area space, yeah. right where I just felt I'm like, oh, oh like dramatic. And I remember it so well. So that oh, one image, dang. I was like, I know exactly where that is. The lunch lines are right there on the other side. And it is devastating. Uh, yeah. Did you find the page that it's on? Yes, it's on page 69. 69? Okay. Traumatic story. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, oh, back to the, the map. Yes, yes. So back to the map. So... I thought she did a really good job of, like, actually drawing this space out. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, thinking about stories, I think about Senior Hill, and that's definitely where all the jocks were. I wouldn't even say football players and cheerleaders, but just jocks in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Korean people definitely sat on that bottom area where... Uh, they were kind of like on those those umbrellas are actually lunch tables they're circular lunch tables Mm -hmm. we had the stage there we had the other lunch tables where we had some of the Filipino people Mm -hmm. 
Um, but the thing that she doesn't show out is she has the anime kids on the bottom left corner. But I don't know if you noticed, there are no band kids there. Mm. So that, she like, I don't even know if this existed in her world, but if you go bottom left and you keep going left, like, all the way to the end of the school, that's where the band kids were, because that's where the band room was. <laughs> and that's where my prime spot was. That's where mm. I shared a lot of my high school, like, joys and, you know. So, are there any areas that you wish the author had elaborated upon further? Maybe mm-hmm. particularly about Cerritos? Do you think that she would mention it more later? I think I'm waiting. Mm. I think this feels very much like that buildup of this is who I am, and I'm curious what comes out on the other side. Because um, she mentioned some stuff in the very beginning of you have to be better than us. Mm-hmm. And so yes. I think this is all building up to like, okay, who is she going to grow up to be? Right. And I don't think we just have gotten to that point yet. Totally. That's fair. That's fair. I think, I, I personally think that all that Monica has elaborated on already has been more than enough. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think she needed to elaborate more. I think uh, like I mentioned, a lot of her story was very similar to mine. For example, when she talks about wanting to live up to the virtues of being a perfect Filipino kid, again, I think this is like a foreshadowing of what her parents are gonna ask of her later. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, I saw some of the things that she said, for example, like plucking mom's white hair, Mm -hmm. about um, preparing her little sibling for school. I definitely did those things. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is my story. This is me too. I feel the same. Like another thing that she mentions is how in her world and the place that she lives in a lot of people just really wanted to meet real life white people because um my background i was born and raised on guam which is uh the land of chamorros and a place where a lot of immigrants go through from southeast asia in order to get into the united states whether as tourists or to later become citizens and countries like the philippines japan korea china a lot of immigrants and even from russia come to guam in order to again get that citizenship or to have a taste of America. But the thing is, on Guam, it's very island culture, and there aren't many white people. The only white people we see are from the military bases, and they come in and out. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not, sometimes they hang out with locals, sometimes they don't. So, to meet a real-life white person, you either have to live very close to the base or in Tumon, which is the area where tourists go to or where military people want to get crunk. So, as a child, I didn't see a lot of white people. Now that I'm in Chinook territory, also commonly known as Portland, Oregon, I'm boxed in by white people. Well, I think that's the other thing is like you may have white people around you, right. but they're usually adults. Like you don't right. grow up with them. Right. I would say like being from Cerritos, I, one of my close friends early on, mm-hmm. um, he was white, but it didn't feel I think because of the area because of what she was saying of like there's so many different diversities within Cerritos right it didn't there was never a point where I I even kind of considered that racial impetus Mm. until I started growing up and then I started noticing different things so for me I've now gone to several different states where I've lived in at times and it definitely starts to show of like okay you can live in cultures 
and not ever notice that there are racial diversities within them. Mm. Or you can kind of live in, like, for me, I went to school in Boston, and it's just, like, any difference that you possibly have, whether you're Irish or Mm. if you're American white, Mm -hmm. that throws a huge wrench into it. And people, like, start having arguments and conflict. So I thought that part was, like, super interesting that she also felt like, oh, yeah, we don't see a lot of white people here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's funny for me now because... Like, when people mention, like, Bruce Springsteen or, I don't know, I honestly don't know. I like, the only white culture things I know are, like, ABBA, um, <laughs> I don't know, uh, fam, no, Full House. Mm-hmm. Full House, right? That one's yes, the one? Because yes. I've watched a lot of other shows. Like, I think the living in the area that I did, black culture has actually stood out the most for me, mm. which then um, kind of evolved what I was watching and what I was looking at. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. yeah, like, things... I don't know. I don't know these songs that people sing in karaoke's, like people yelling things out. Like, I just, I don't think I get it quite as much. That's fair, which I think is the opposite for me. Like, even though uh, culturally, a lot of the people that I hung out with were Filipinos, Chamorro, Japanese, Korean. I had a lot of friends who understood white references Mm. and who read, like, especially when I went to college a lot of my cohort understood references with uh, American literature, English literature, British literature. And I was like, how did you all have the time to to read all of this? And mm-hmm. then in the back of my mind, I was like, ah, because I was submersing myself in Asian culture, specifically Japanese and Filipino culture. I was reading anime, or not reading anime, reading manga, watching anime, watching TFC, mm-hmm. which no the longer... The Filipino channel. The Filipino channel, which unfortunately no longer exists. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I was taking in a lot of other literature, other media while my colleagues were reading a lot of white literature. Do you feel like you ever kind of fantasized about meeting white people the way that Malika did, that Mm, she did? not, Not particularly the same way, but because, this is very personal, because I only dated either uh, I dated mostly Filipino guys and knowing that America or the United States was the big the big place where the American dream is uh, fulfilled mm-hmm. in my mind I wanted to date a white person mm-hmm. because to me would be a fulfillment of my parents American dream mm. I was thinking more of like a Little Mermaid experience. Mm. Like, I want to be part of this world. Mm. I want to try hot dogs and American Mm. pie. No, I didn't (laughs) want... For me, it wasn't about experiencing whiteness. It was more about being closer to whiteness. Like, I I wanted to benefit from it without having to subscribe to it, if Mm. that makes sense. It's interesting, because I feel like I've... Growing up, I don't think I connected the same way that Malika did with her culture Mm. is I grew up being kind of ambiguous about who I was. Mm. Um, And I, you know, my, so my background is Korean, but I was the only person in my family born in America. So Mm. I firmly attached to that American landscape of growing. Absolutely. Uh, Like I said, I, I kind of ingested a lot more of black culture, like, this is not great now, but the 
The Cosby Show was one of the shows I watched. Mm. But other shows like Family Matters, um, then watching Fresh Prince, like things like that. And I think because like a typical immigrant family coming here, not having a lot of money, having Mm -hmm. to work. My parents weren't the ones that were able to show me a lot of the cultural aspects of America. Mm -hmm. And I got that a lot from TV shows. So, you know, you ingest what you watch, you ingest the things that are available to you. And so that's kind of what I grew up knowing. And yeah, like white culture for me wasn't something that I really sought after. Mm. It was just there. Mm. But then on the second hand of that, Korean culture was something that I think I've now grown into. And I mean, I think it's something that now I strive to catch up and Mm. be like, I understand this part of me really well, which I'm I'm kind of jealous that she was so ingrained in who she was. Like, Mm -hmm. I think she even talks about at one point about her being Filipino and then talking to a bunch of people who were like, oh, I'm something Armenian. Like, people mm-hmm. that really knew their identities at right, that time. Right, right, right. I was like, that's so amazing because I, I think for a long time I even fought to say I'm American mm-hmm. and not even the Korean part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was for a lot of us of like we saw um, Hasan Minaj's stand up, right? And there was that whole part of, yeah, Dad, I'm American. Like mm-hmm. this is who I am, right? And I think for me that was a big part of this is who I am, being someone that was born in America. And now I always make sure to put Korean American in in my t- like of who I am, mm-hmm. and not just because that's the flow of it, because but because I am Korean first, and mm-hmm. that is my background, mm-hmm. and that I am American second, because this is where I was born and this is where I was raised. Totally, I think there's there's something to say about being able to travel to a different place outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. Like Malika talks about going to her her dad's place in Egypt and then her mom taking them to many trips. I noticed, and this is just my my observation, I noticed that a lot of Filipinos who are born and raised in the United States proper, like the mm-hmm. continental United States, totally drop Filipino. They don't identify as that and they only identify as American. I feel like I'm very much similar to Malika in that American was last and even now I kind of just drop American because I feel Mm -hmm. like I will never ever be quote unquote American Mm -hmm. but I can definitely be Filipino because that's what I was born and raised in and I also very much identify as Guamanian. I I will never fully understand the plight of the Chamorro people but I do understand like the culture I was brought into. Because you grew up there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like I, I I think from what I've understood from the friends that are Filipino, because um, Cerritos also has a giant Filipino culture around yeah. it and a lot of people that live there. Sometimes it's not even on them, but it's their parents that impress upon them to say, we don't want you speaking like right. us. We don't want you to be like us. Right. And it was because of the whole idea of success, mm-hmm. which is really something I'm hoping that Malika goes into in the following chapters mm-hmm. of that really hard dissonance of being who you are culturally but at the same time having your not only your parents but having society and everyone tell you you need to fit in this Mm -hmm. way so Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm excited i i feel like there's a lot more story to tell i though i think the only thing that made me a little bit kind of down about this book which is kind of what i was mentioning in the beginning Mm -hmm. is like i just felt like there's so much more and it just moved Mm -hmm. and i guess that's what i mean by it moves so quickly is every time she went to a different scene Mm -hmm. i kind of wanted to just be like hold on like 
what's going on because like this relationship right. with your mom like this relationship with your dad right. like I see where you're coming from but how is like where is this bonding happening totally and I think I think because it's a graphic memoir that's mm-hmm. where we're not able to get too much depth because mm-hmm. there is the fo- not necessarily the focus but the the medium of images versus wording there's mm-hmm. only so much words that Malika can include or infuse into the yes. graphic before it becomes all text. Mm-hmm. Right? I can't say her images, like you said, the tables and the little things that she puts in. Mm-hmm. And some almost are like real photos right. of experiences that she's had. And exactly. I think those are an amazing way to open up that space without using words. Mm-hmm. So I do really appreciate that she did that aspect. Definitely. Uh-oh. Is there a certain part that you feel like stuck out the most for you? Um, for me, the part that stuck out the most... Um, I believe is I I mentioned it already like the parts where wanting to be the perfect Filipino kid because Mm. I related so much to it 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 definitely resonated and it brought up vivid memories and vivid images of when I also wanted to be the perfect Filipino kid spoiler alert I am not the perfect Filipino kid, and I don't ever plan to be. Well, that one also had a graphic, right? There were like seven or eight images. Yes, there were. Was there one on? Was there one on making rice? Um, yes, making cooking the perfect rice. Yes. Cooking the perfect rice, which is hilarious because when we first started going out, do you remember like our different techniques? Yes. So you would wash the rice how many times? Until the water became clear. Which was like usually... Which was more more than four times. Yes. And for me, I think, I don't know why, but three times was kind of just the number I stuck with. Mm. And then the big difference was our technique on how to measure, measure the it. water. Right. So what's your technique? My technique is to stick my middle finger in and the first knuckle is where the water from the rice to the surface of the water should be. Which is standard... For Filipinos. Right? Yes, okay. Filipino culture. I I don't know if this is like just a Korean thing or if it's mm. my family thing, mm. but our thing was you put your whole hand into the water and then you go palm down and it should come up right below where your wrist bends. Mm. For me, I always had bigger hands, so I kind of mm. had to remeasure where my mom showed me. Mm-hmm. But for her, because she had the smaller hands, it would go right to that, that wrist bending area. Mm. I have now checked and changed my techniques mm-hmm. to be more of the Filipino middle <laughs> finger down. I still preference a little bit more water, which makes the rice a little bit gooey. I think I make the perfect rice. It's uh, definitely gooey. Yes. And then we have, if you don't have, this is a, this is a second recommendation for the episode. Mm. If you don't have a good rice cooker, go buy a good rice cooker. It's so worth it. Mm. Uh, okay. So, I mean... I'm excited. We have the second half of the book. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't read this yet, I, or if you have, I think you'll notice how quickly this book actually mm-hmm. goes by. Um, you're not, I don't think you have to sit out an entire day to read, to read these chapters. I right. think it's such a quick and easy embodiment of all of the, the words and the pictures that she mm-hmm. does have present for us. And even if you do take the time to look at the pictures and to like interpret them for yourself, it does still, it's a really quick read still. Yeah. Um, 
do you have any predictions of what your expectations are of where this book goes, how you're expecting this to feel, things like that? I predict that there's going to be a lot more tension in the second half because there has been, like we mentioned, a lot of setup, a lot of setup of who she is, a lot of setup of where her parents were, where there are... Uh, at this point in her life in high school. So I think that we're now going to see what the parents' perspective and their parent, her parents' expectations of Malika herself is going to be in the second half. Mm. I, I mean, now we're at the stage where we just got through her high school bit. So we're not right. even like, she's not even graduated yet. No. Right? So, you know, like life, life after high school gets a lot harder and right. it starts kind of developing and finding your own identity. Mm-hmm. I think that part is probably going to be a big part of that second half mm-hmm. is maintaining that identity of being um, Egyptian, Egyptian, Egyptian and Filipino. And, Filipino. Mm-hmm. and I hope that I, I don't know. I think it's it's hard because it's a memoir, so it's happened. It's a real right. life story. Right. Um, it's not like we're gonna necessarily go to climax and have it resolved. True. It's just this is who she is. It seems like a lot of this book is representing who she's grown up to be. So right. I think for me, it's hard to actually come up with a prediction without knowing her. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of excited to see where it goes and see where. Um, see where uh, she kind of continues to develop into the person that she is today. Yeah, so if you're following along, that means that we're starting on chapter 5 and reading till the end, we're in chapter 8. Mm-hmm. And then next week on our episode, we're going to go over the rest of the book. So uh, we'll catch you next time. If anyone wants to reach out to us, uh, want to share any kind of comments on what you thought of the book so far or um, how you kind of felt with all this, or if you have a recommendation on what we should read next, how can they reach us? You can reach us at asianbookclubpodpod at gmail.com. And then social media. Social media, Asian Book Club Pod, P-O-D, at Instagram. And if you want to see our personal book recommendations and look at look at our website, you can find us at bookshop.org slash shop, S-H-O-P, slash Asian Book Club Pod, P-O-D, at bookshop. Perfect. Twitter? No Twitter. We don't do Twitter. Yep. All right. Have a great day. Nope. (laughs) Bye. Bye.